Hi everyone, welcome to the Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. My name is Fei Yu. I'm the Managing Director Europe at Alka Global. Today, we have the pleasure to welcome Marika Lindstrom. Marika is the Head of Indirect Materials and Services Procurement at Philip Morris currently. She has 25 years of procurement and supply chain experience in consumer electronics and FMCGs with companies such as Unilever and Nokia. She's very passionate about sustainability and driving procurement integration with business to deliver growth, value, and innovation. Marika, great to have you here with us. Hi, Faye. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. We've known each other for a long time. I still remember in 2009, when I gave you a call, you were still at AMD in US, and I got this one of the biggest spent at Unilever, the, the role. And after that, you became the head, the VP Indirect uh, Unilever and were leading one of the largest spent in the world. So it's been a long time. Please share with us your career story. What led you to your current position as a senior procurement and supply chain executive? Thanks, Faith. You know, my career started with Nokia, like many others in Finland. I'm originally from Finland, so I graduated from um, University of Technology and uh, joined Nokia. I was offered two roles, one in product marketing and one in procurement. I chose procurement, but for the life of me, I cannot remember why. So it doesn't make a very good story, but I guess my career journey started there with that very fundamental decision. Mm. So I worked my way through uh, multiple roles in direct and indirect procurement with Nokia. I did a little bit of logistics, product marketing as well, and understood that marketing is not really for me. So I continued my career in procurement. Then I joined AMD. Mm. And, and after that, I got my big break, I guess, with the role that you described earlier with uh, Unilever in indirect uh, procurement. After that, I did a few other procurement roles in markets, in packaging, and then I had a supply chain in the Philippines, and then back to sustainability and uh, packaging with Unilever. Then after 12 years with the company, after all these different roles, I decided it's time for something else. I uh, relocated back to Europe and joined uh, Philip Morris in my uh, current role here in Switzerland. Yeah, a lot of colors, uh, many continents, uh, many different roles. It's never boring. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's been a very exciting journey for me and my family as well, of course. I had a chance to speak with some people who work with you and who are still working with you. Are you ready to hear what they say about you? Of course. So Marika always asks genuinely, how can I help you? So that is really, that strikes me. People said that you asked it and really to help. And Marika shares her own experience, how she went through tough times. She shows vulnerability in a very authentic way. She has great level of genuine empathy. She's very reliable, is always calm and have things under her control, even through very tough time. Very supportive, even when I decided to leave the firm for career growth, 
she would show understanding and then also connected me with people who would help me in the future. Offer me internal opportunities when I ask for new challenges. Her human connection with others is really deep. I highly respect her. I want to be like her. She's gracious. She's inspiring. I can continue the, the many, many words people say about you. It's really moving. I would have loved, I would actually love to work for you. <laughs> and if, if I were in, in procurement or supply chain, I have a question. How do you manage to remain on the authentic and human side as a leader and still win the battles in big corporations? I guess you need to balance the fight, business focus, the rigor, the tenacity with the empathy and good communication. So to me, it's important to treat others the same way that I would want to be treated. Be clear, explain the reasons behind actions that need to happen, have a clear vision. Where do we want to go within the next three to five years? What are the key actions that we need to take each year to achieve our roadmap? And how do we connect with the business in a meaningful way so that we can bring the results that are relevant from our function to the business goals? But at the same time, you need to treat people with integrity, understand their concerns, listen to them, see where they're coming from, and help them on their journey. And, and it's important, especially for the junior members of the team, to show sponsorship, mentorship, and it's delightful, actually, to see people grow. It takes time and effort. Right? How do you balance it out? managing people, supporting them, and then still get the KPI achieved? I think I've gotten better at it over the years. Sometimes I reflect to my younger years, and I was much more mechanical, if you will, mm. back then, more focused on the tasks at hand rather than on the how. And as I mature in my career, I, I found the way of balancing it more and, and spending more time with people just in a coffee corner talks or corridor talks rather than always just focusing on the task at hand. And you will find ways of balancing it. Mm. You've been to different cultures, including different countries in Asia and now back to Europe, you in the US, and then also managing suppliers, I don't know, maybe really in every corner of the world. Do you believe these concept, yeah, you, you, you mentioned in leadership, that do they apply in, in the cultures that you work with or do you have to adapt? I think the basic concepts apply mm -hmm. almost everywhere. In some countries, cultures, you need to be a little bit more patient, invite people in much more, invite them to lean in to the conversations more than in other cultures. But I think the principles apply everywhere. Mm -hmm keep the human side. Absolutely. I really love that. And throughout your career, what are the, what have been the, the, some of the most challenging moments uh, you faced? How did you navigate those challenges and, and what are the key lessons learned? I think one of the most challenging roles for me was the, the supply chain role in the Philippines. There were huge challenges in the supply network and my big challenge was to rally the business behind 
finding a solution rather than making it only a supply chain problem. Ask for help and get a cross-functional support to solve the issues rather than me trying to solve the issue myself. And it took me a long time to figure that out and not trying to be the, the good soldier, if you will, who will fix the problem, but rather make it a joint problem, make it a business problem and have a, have a village to solve it rather than me alone. I think another typical challenge that I've faced so many times, especially in indirect procurement, is the rejections from the business, where the business doesn't see the value of procurement and us going about it in a wrong way and trying just to fulfill what's important for procurement rather than what's important for the business. And finding then an unlock in terms of really solving a business problem rather than trying to find procurement savings and stakeholder wanting to do something completely different. And sometimes these challenges take quite a while to unlock and it can be frustrating, but once you unlock them, it's also very, very rewarding. Mm. Yeah. How do you turn procurement from the bad guys to good guys <laughs> and, and really be resilient right, in, in managing the frustration? I think it's about business acumen. We still sometimes in procurement behave like we're a service function to the business, but we are in the core of the business. We can influence the top line and the bottom line, but we need to know what is important for the company. Mostly it's growth, innovation, sustainability. How can we bring those things to the table from the outside supply market with our knowledge rather than just focus on the traditional KPI of savings? And I think that's where we very often go wrong. Mm -hmm. We don't listen. We don't learn enough about the business. We just focus on our KPIs. And that's where it starts going wrong with the stakeholders. So we are business. We should not be the servants to the business. Amazing. So I think that many procurement professionals will learn from that, right? The mindset of ownership, be part of the business. Absolutely. On the other hand, that what have been the, the rewarding moment for you? How have these experiences shaped your perspective in procurement? I think the best role that I ever had was my first role at Unilever as head of indirect procurement. The timing was right. A shared service function was being set up at the same time. So uh, I had a very core stakeholder group transforming the way the company operates as well. And we had huge successes in consolidating a lot of spend areas, finding opportunities. So it was a very enriching time for me. I got to build a whole new team, define what is insourced, what is outsourced. So the whole make versus buy strategy for people within the indirect procurement. And, and we were very well recognized as well by the business for all the efforts that we did. So that was a fantastic time. And the learning really is that you have to have good allies, good integration with the business, very fresh and eager team, and also celebrate the successes and get the successes as a team. So that was a very memorable time for me. Mm. So you're taking this along with the other roles uh, in your other challenges as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Aligning with stakeholders, 
that's the to begin with and uh, aligning the team, celebrating success. Yes, and having the knowledge because procurement as a function is, is in a great position to bring the outside in. Mm. We should know and we do know what's happening in the supply market, what's happening in the commodities market, mm. where do we have resilience problems, where do we have po pain points in our supply chain, what kind of mergers, allies are being created within the supply base. And we should bring all that knowledge together with latest on sustainability and product innovations to the key decision makers in the business so that they can utilize those insights for mm. sound decision making. Mm. And I think that's a huge value that we as procurement professionals can bring to the mm. table. Yeah, absolutely. So I was actually reading a book about supply chain and then studied about sourcing. You have different layers of suppliers and it's extremely complex. And there's a lot of risk if you don't know, right? The second, third layers of your suppliers could cause enormous risk. How do you manage this risk? How do you get to know right, your supplier well enough to become a great business partner on a human side. I think many companies realized during COVID that it's important to manage the supply base beyond tier one. Yeah. So look at tier two, the, the feedstocks, even tier three, look at all the services and, and really get to know your suppliers and your suppliers' suppliers. And I think that brought up the whole concept of resilience that is still with us. People are and companies are trying to become more resilient and mitigate more of the supply risks by dual sourcing, localization, whatever different tools you want to use to manage your risk. And, and it really boils down to supplier relationship management. Spend the time. Map your suppliers. Who do I want to spend time with? Who do I want my executives to meet? So it's really the basics of mapping the supply base, doing the segmentation, then defining what's important in each of the relationships and then applying it and having the regular cadence of engaging with the suppliers. Mm. So um, it, it's really about becoming the customer of choice for the suppliers because if in case of scarcity, they yeah. have the key to decide who gets the volume and who doesn't. And that's where the relationship plays a huge role. Mm. Good advice. Now we're now talking about procurement, right? As one of the most experienced procurement leaders, can you share the latest trend and innovation in procurement? What is the future of procurement? Well, I think future is a lot about the things that we've already talked about, that be part of the business, mm. bring the outside in. Of course, sustainability is a huge part of procurement with the scope three sustainability and what requirements we have on our suppliers from uh, climate, social and, and governance perspective. So we play a huge role in that moving forward. Mm -hmm. And of course, digitization. Everybody talks about artificial intelligence and what that can do to procurement in terms of helping us move away from transactional work like contract management, data cleansing, vendor master cleansing, transactional work around RFPs, etc. And it then gives us time to focus on more strategic 
sourcing decisions and business engagement. So mm -hmm. I think those are some of the things of the future and, and really going beyond the savings because savings is such a bread and butter for procurement. So we really need to take that as a table stakes and move beyond to look at what is the other value that we can bring. Mm. Now we are talking about AI, you mentioned eh? yeah. so, uh, that chat GPT, I use it every day, but I'm not too happy with that, right? Because ChatGPT could be very machine. It's a hot topic, right? So, and then we're talk, also talking about a lot of supply chain procurement tech companies, right? They're offering a lot of services. In your opinion, what are the, the emerging trends of technology that, that will impact the future of procurement? How can young professionals prepare themselves to adapt to these AI change in procurement? Well, I think AI will help us in, at least in the beginning, in a couple of very basic areas that mm -hmm. are pain points to procurement, like contract management. Mm -hmm. How do you clean up your contract management systems to be able to find what you're looking for and really manage your contracts? Same as quality of spend data, quality mm -hmm. of vendor master, cleaning those up, finding the obvious errors, turning some analytics into insight. So a lot of this data will be at the fingertips of the future leaders so that they don't have to spend a lot of time with mundane tasks of finding the analytics and turning the analytics into something meaningful for the business. But they can really focus on understanding what's happening in the supply market, what's happening in the business and how to connect the, the dots. I think another technology trend now is, of course, sustainability. A lot of different technologies are coming about around governance of sustainability, tracking, measuring, engaging suppliers. So uh, I am quite curious to see what kind of solutions will be available in that space to make our lives easier especially now in the beginning around governance and, and reporting, which can be quite daunting without any technology support. Mm. I uh, was, On Monday, I was in an event and I saw a presentation by the CEO of Shinjenta. So they actually start to apply sustainability in the products. So they have a tomato product called Yoom or Yoop. So it's a, it's a star product. There's a barcode so you can scan. They immediately have data of so the farmers, the picture of the farmers, their experience and what they like, even their hobbies, the location. And then you actually have the sustainability data about the soil, the sun, the energy spent, the data. This is actually eye-opening. As a consumer and consumer, people will feel part of the sustainability journey. What do you think about that? Is, it's, is PMI doing something like that? I think more and more companies are driving towards transparency because that's what consumers in many markets want. They, they want to know where the product is coming from and the background of the product. The transparency is also required for the commitments that companies make publicly and, and share in the integrated report around sustainable sourcing, deforestation-free supply chain, 
CO2 emissions reduction. So all that needs to be presented in a very transparent manner to make it credible to the consumers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm in a talent business, right? I like to talk mm-hmm. about talent. So as leader, so what are the quality, quality or mindset and skill right, you're looking for in a procurement person when you're hiring? I think the mindset, the energy, the passion, the purpose are the most important things. Mm-hmm. I want to see people who are professionally curious, willing to learn, and really passionate about what they want to do. I think we can teach procurement to anybody at the end of the day. And and I know it may sound a bit strange from a procurement professional, but anybody can learn the, the intricacies of procurement. But you need to be hungry to mm. learn and have the mindset and willing to learn the business. And that's how you can become very, very successful. Mm. If you have to choose, right, two, I say two quality in a procurement professional what would you pick i would say business acumen Mm. is one and the other one is the professional curiosity Mm, curiosity yeah amazing yeah love that i have one last question Mm -hmm. what advice would you offer to young professionals who want to make a positive impact within the company or the industry as a whole are there any, any, any career development strategy and approach uh, you like to recommend? Well, I think, first of all, I think it's important to follow your passion and your purpose. You have to love what you do. Otherwise, you won't have the, the energy and the drive and the curiosity. Mm. What you then need, I feel, along the way is mentorship and sponsorship. So create your network. Seek for mentors, seek for guidance, seek for sponsorship, spend the time in, in creating relationships because that will help carry you further than just that knowledge mm. and willingness. This is amazing. Really love the discussion. I know that you're a busy person. I don't want to keep you too long, Marika. Thank you so much for sharing your insight with our audience. I'm sure many of us will feel very inspired and we feel the content useful for them. Thank you very much. Thank you, Faye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to go to alcartglobal.com and click the podcast button for all the show notes of the interview. Also, subscribe to our mailing list to get our latest update first. If you're listening to a streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, we would appreciate the kind review. Five star works best to keep us going and our production team happy. And of course, share it with your friends. I'm most active on LinkedIn. So do feel free to follow me. And if you have any suggestions on what to do and who to invite next, don't hesitate to drop me a note. And if you're looking to hire top executives in supply chain or transform your business, of course, contact us as well to find out how we can help. Thank you very much.